This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to Make Some Noise, Minisode number 574. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Uh, You're getting my morning voice. I just realized as I started talking, I haven't talked to anybody yet this morning. It's early. (laughs) I don't know if that's ever happened on the podcast where you are are getting my first words of the day. Anyway, (laughs) I have just one quick announcement before we get started on the topic today, and that is that I have one spot for private coaching right now. If you are someone who could use some extra support in the next phase of your life, whatever whatever that might look like, head on over to andreaowen.com slash links. And that's where you'll see the button for private coaching to read more about it, to see like what kind of support that might look like. What are the topics that the people bring to coaching? It's all on that on that page. You'll find it over at andreaowen.com slash links. There's an application which will ask you some big questions that you've probably never been asked before, or at least not in a long time. And those applications go directly to me and we'll chat. andreaowen.com slash links. All right. So today, the topic I have for you today, it's an interesting one on, on how it came to be. I was finishing up with a client and I always ask my clients like, Hey, is there anything, you know, at the end of the session, I ask them if there's anything that they want to make sure that they say or ask in order to feel complete in our 45 minutes together, our 50 minutes. And it's the same thing I ask to a lot of my podcast guests that you've heard probably many times. And sometimes they say no. Most of the time they actually say no, that they're complete, you know, because we've just finished this, this big conversation. And sometimes they either just have final words or, you know, express their gratitude. And sometimes they ask a really big question. Sort of like when you go to the doctor and you have like this rash on your butt and you're like, I don't, I'm embarrassed to talk about it. So you, just, you know, finish the regular appointment and then you're walking out the door and you're like, by the way, I have this rash on my butt. Can you look at it? It's kind of like that. So this client said, do you have any advice on how to leave a long-term relationship? And I said, oh, yes, I do. I have so much. And I'm going to go over those this handful of things that that I told her in that session. I just sort of riffed for a while off the top of my head. Then I I got out a piece of paper and jotted down some notes cuz I feel like it might be helpful for for some of you or maybe there's someone that you can think of that you can send this to. And 
don't know. Even if you're not in that place, you might need it for another time. And and some of these lessons, well, I think many of them are in retrospect in in my own life of you know walking away from two really long relationships. The first one, that decision was made for me. The second one, I mostly made the decision. And both were annihilating emotionally, just absolutely annihilating. I think that you don't you don't stay in a long, long relationship and love someone with your whole heart and have that level of closeness and history and have it not just absolutely annihilate you at the end. And you know, this isn't something that I, that I told my client, but it's something that I've I've thought about as, you know, I, I see a lot of memes and and talk to people who have been in similar situations. And a lot of them say, like, you know, I'll never trust anyone again or I'll never love like that again. It's just it's so hard, you know, especially when you're in the muck of it. You're in like that intense, the intense weeds. And I don't know if I'm weird or just whatever, but I, even now I'm like, oh, I absolutely will fall in love again. I I can't wait. I mean, I can, I don't want to right now. It's not the best thing for me, <laughs> but I am definitely someone who will always turn my face towards love and connection and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's personality based or if it's, you know, just history or what, but yeah, that'll be fun. Anyway, the first thing I told her was to trust your gut, is to always trust your gut. And this comes with some caveats. Of course it does. I think there's been times in my life where I didn't know if it was my gut or if it was trauma. I'm pretty good now about deciphering between my gut and fear. I've written about that in my books. I have a ton of experience there. I really think that I can tell the difference. But also I'd gotten to a point where I was questioning my gut because I'm like, is this my trauma? Like it could be, because it's it's similar. You know, it's like that deep, in many ways, like subconscious underbelly of your psyche, of your soul, of your spirit, your your trauma is and your intuition is. And so how do you tell the difference between those two? And for a long time, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would go back and forth. Well, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. I, I, I don't know. The argument I would have in my head. And then, you know, the argument would kind of go away for a while and then it, and then it would come back. And what I have found to be true is that my intuition is more of a whisper and a feeling that sort of like keeps cropping up, but it's, it's not um, like pesky. It's very soft. And my trauma 
seems to be at a little bit of a higher level, if that makes any sense. I don't know how else to describe it. And it is repetitive patterns over and over again that manifest in behaviors. So what I mean by that is, uh, you know, my anxious thoughts, questioning myself over and over again, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what decision I, I make, it's it's the questioning. But for me, how my trauma shows up, and this is because of, you know, inconsistent emotional caregivers and major abandonment wounds that my trauma, the love language of my trauma, if I could say that, <laughs> is anxiety, is definitely anxiety. And that's something I'm focusing on as I embark on, uh, you know, not being in a relationship anymore is what does it look like to have a secure attachment style? I, I, I don't know. I'll let you know <laughs> when I get there. And as I go through this, in terms of my intuition, my intuition is, is a, it's at a, a lower level. And I don't mean lower vibration, but it's it's more visceral in my body. It's a whole body feeling, I think is the, the, the description I'm looking for there. It's a whole body feeling. It's persistent without being a pest. It's persistent without being a pest. Whereas my trauma is more of a pest. It's one of those things that's so incredibly hard to explain. I hope I hope it resonates with with some of you. So trust your gut on that. And I think also sometimes that argument that we have with ourselves, like, is it our gut? Or maybe we know it's our gut and we're still not going to take any action on it anyway. We can feel bad about that. And I want you to to give yourself a ton of compassion because if you could have made the decision, you would have. If you could have been more clear about what to do, you would have. Maybe you're just not ready yet. That's why I never want to, you know, unless it's a an abusive situation, but I never want to push people to make a decision about a relationship because they're not ready. I get it. You're just not ready. I, I hope that you you there's not a lot of shame in that for you if you're in that place. The next thing is the messy middle. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to say more about that. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting 
on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash noise. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you can do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscribers sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Their courses are so convenient and have helped me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's so easy to learn how to order food. That's where I get the most excited to use it at Mexican restaurants or ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation, etc. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash noise. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash noise, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash noise. Rules and restrictions may apply. What I'm referring to when I'm talking about the messy middle in in this scenario is if you decide to end a long-term relationship and then you question yourself, whether you have actually had the conversation with the other person, because the messy middle can go in both places. So you make the decision that you're going to break up, you need to tell your partner, and then you question it. And you might stay in that messy middle for a long time. You might stay there for months. You might stay there for years. That's definitely a phase. It's a place to be. And then after you make the decision and, you know, difficult conversations happen, feelings happen, you may question what you did because it's so hard. And you might think to yourself, what have I done? I made a mistake. Obviously, this doesn't happen to everybody, but it happens to some people. And think it would have been easier to stay. Or you might consider getting back together because the conversations are so hard. The logistics are a nightmare. You feel so bad watching your partner, watching their heartbreak and knowing that you're the cause of it. That messy middle is rough and it can last for a long time. You might have massive regrets about what you did and think like, oh, if I could just do it all over again, I would have just stayed. It would have been easier than this mess. It would have been easier than this pain, this heartbreak, this trauma, this chaos that you're feeling. Totally and completely normal. And I think sometimes you know, I remember when, when I was getting sober and my friend, you know, I, I told her I wanted to have one, I wanted to go get one last six pack of Corona before I got sober, like as my goodbye. <laughs> and she said, oh, okay, you know, 
just do your research, whatever you need to do. And I thought that was so interesting. And what she told me she meant was it's the data that you gather in order to make the decision. And I think we do that in so many places of our lives. We have to gather a little bit more data. And sometimes we do that in order to procrastinate, to avoid actually making the decision. Sure, of course. And sometimes that data is important for us to make the decision. I mean, like how many times have you been in a relationship and you get back together with the person and then you're like, oh, I remember why we broke up in the first place. You're reminded of why it didn't work. That's data. And if you need to gather some of it, a lot of it, (laughs) a medium-sized amount of it, then you're normal. You're absolutely normal. And the last thing I want to say about this is that you may always love that person. I've been doing a lot of thinking about love, especially when it comes to romantic partners. And like, what does that mean? You know, I think we've all heard, you know, love is a verb and it's what you do, like the actions that you take, the behaviors that you that you do in order to show your love. And I think that's true. And especially I think if you have to co-parent with someone, it's all intermixed with how you interact with your children and your co-parent, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been thinking even beyond that. And like, you know, like my high school boyfriend, we were together for two, two and a half years or something. We were very young. He was my first love, my first like real love. And I think like, do I still love him? And like my immediate answer, like from my gut is yes, I will always love him. He holds such a special place in my heart. But like, do I show him that? No. (laughs) We've been broken up for 30 years. No, it would be, it would be weird. But I don't know, maybe you call that, you know, like I still have feelings for this person. Like I'm fond of this person. I care about this person. I think that I just, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, it's my show. You you just can't have that level of intimacy with someone. And this can bleed over into friendships too that have passed. You can't have that level of intimacy with someone. And then it goes away for whatever reason and then not have any kind of feelings for them. I think you can. I'm not saying like it's impossible. I absolutely think you can, especially if there are circumstances where that person has crossed a major boundary with you or many boundaries with you. Yes, 100%. I'm I'm never going to sit here and tell people (laughs) how to feel or what's right or what's wrong in that sense. And also, I think it's normal to love someone well beyond the breakup. And it does not mean, it does not equal that you want to still be with them or that it's best to be with them. Not at all. I think human emotion can be complicated. And, you know, I've had a lot of experts here on the show talking about it. I follow a lot of people who talk about it. And it's so easy to to intellectualize it. 
And at the end of the day, I just kind of go inward and think about <laughs> think about how I feel and and drop into how I feel about certain people, certain situations, the history, all of that, and then just kind of come out on the other end with words about it. And to me, those words are, yeah, I still love that person. I will always love that person. They will always hold a special place in my heart, in my mind, in my body, because we shared a portion of our life together that was beautiful. We created something out of nothing together. We had a great run. We had a really great run. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can like move on and maybe get remarried or have other relationships and it's not a zero sum game just because you are maybe in a new relationship and love someone new. It doesn't mean that like you used it all up and that you can't still have love for someone else. Again, it doesn't mean you want to be with that person or anything more than that. You know, if I have one child, I'm going to love that child to the moon and back. If I have five children or 10 children, I'm going to love them all to the moon and back. Like we have infinite love. We don't use it all up on one person. So it's normal, I think, to continue to have feelings for that person. And that's my mini-sode on how to leave a long-term relationship. Lots of feelings in there, less about how to do it and logistics and to-do lists and a lot about feelings. So I hope that was helpful for you. I appreciate your time every week, sometimes twice a week coming to the show. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.